This is a presentation of the Trine Broadcasting Network. Learn more at trine.edu. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Onliners Podcast, a podcast that dives deeper into the mysterious world of online learning, featuring myself, Regina, and my colleague and good friend, Kirsten. Hi, Kirsten. Hi, Regina. We are two higher education professionals at Trine Online, a team within Trine University, located in Angola, Indiana. Today, we are going to talk about course mapping. At our own institution, Kirsten and I will be hosting professional development later this week on course mapping. So we thought it would be a great idea to do a podcast to introduce the ideas behind course mapping today. In this podcast, we will discuss three topics associated with course mapping. Basically, what is it, who does it, and why even bother with it? I was introduced to course mapping when I started my work with Quality Matters. The idea behind having measurable learning outcomes in a course and focusing on course alignment, which is demonstrated through course mapping, completely changed the way that I taught my classes and the way that I developed my classes. And this applies to both seated and online. To this day, measurable learning outcomes and course alignment guides my work as an instructor in my seated classes, my hybrid classes, and my online classes. It has transformed the way I look at my courses and how I prepare my courses for my students. Yeah, I don't know what I would do without course mapping. I have not been teaching or developing for as long as some of my colleagues, but fortunately for me, I have used mapping and alignment since the beginning of my teaching career. Each course that I have developed this far has utilized open educational resources, or as they're generally referred to as OERs. And I've also used other free materials in place of costly textbooks. I honestly can say that I would be lost without course mapping and course alignment. Some faculty take a textbook, make every week a different chapter of that book, and then assume that course mapping is not needed. However, when you start to develop with open educational resource material, you have to start with the mapping and the course learning outcome alignment, or you would have no idea where to even begin. The learning outcomes guide my research of OER materials and help me develop my outline for the course. Then I use the mapping to demonstrate how students will master these learning outcomes through the activities and assignments that I select. It's hard to believe that we, like many other institutions, used to not have course mapping and alignment. I cannot imagine trying to develop and teach a course now without effective learning outcomes, course mapping, and alignment to those learning outcomes. It's funny that you mentioned that, Kirsten. When I started teaching in higher ed, it was all about the book. I think the very first course that I ever taught was an introduction to marketing course. I had earned my master's degree by then, and I'd spent about 10 years as a marketing professional. I felt like I knew my content, and I was super excited to share my knowledge and real-world experiences from the marketing world with my students. But I was new to teaching. Effective pedagogy was not something that I knew about, and I was really nervous. Like many new instructors, the textbook was my crutch. I thought that it was my job to get my students through the textbook, chapter by chapter. It was all about the book, page by page, chapter by chapter, publisher material by publisher material. Now, before we get too much further, we do want to acknowledge how important textbooks are to learning. Textbooks can be a vital and valuable tool 
in learning. But that's exactly what they are, a valuable tool. Only in rare situations should a course be developed around a book or the textbook. Courses should be about the approved course learning outcomes. Yes, Regina, you are so right. Virtually all of our online classes use a textbook. Our courses use hard copy textbooks, ebooks, and open educational resource books. Books are very important tools, and these tools are an important part of the course mapping process. Books can be considered materials that support the learning outcomes. Like we have shared, our team has shifted from creating courses around one or two books to creating courses around those learning outcomes instead. This is where the course mapping comes in. First, let's define course mapping. Defining course mapping addresses the first item on our agenda for this episode. Course mapping is a document or a chart or a table that demonstrates how the course outcomes are aligned with the course materials, activities, and assessments. In other words, course mapping shows the relationship between the course learning outcomes to the course materials, activities, and assessments. So, based on this definition, the textbook, which in some cases used to be the central focus of creating a course, has moved to being considered a course material, and the reading of the textbook has moved to be considered a course activity. The central focus now on development is the learning outcomes. That's absolutely right. When developing a course, the most difficult step is the course mapping. But once the course mapping is complete, the fun begins. You actually get to build the course that you've created. If course mapping is the first step to course development, the first step in course mapping is identifying and reviewing the course learning outcomes. When reviewing the learning outcomes, ask yourself, are they measurable? And are they appropriate? Without good learning outcomes, course mapping will not be the strong document that you hope it to be. And without a strong course mapping document, the course itself will not be as strong as you would hope it to be. In our example today, we are going to walk through a small piece of the process of mapping of an intro to government course. So based on what we just shared about learning outcomes, we ask ourselves about this, the learning outcomes for this potential intro to government course. Are they measurable and are they appropriate? We're only going to focus on one of the five stated learning outcomes or LOs, but we want to make sure that all of them are measurable and appropriate for the course. When writing or updating learning outcomes or LOs, it is important to select a verb that is observable. Can we observe a student defining a term or analyzing a case? Yes, we can. Conversely, can we observe a student's knowledge or understanding? Well, specifically, no, we cannot. So let's take a look at the learning outcome based on that information of our Introduction to Government course. If one of the learning outcomes states something like, students will understand the role of a legislative aide, lobbyist, and campaign worker in government. It is not measurable. However, if the learning outcome was rewritten to state students will describe the role of a legislative aide, lobbyist, and campaign worker in government, it is measurable as we can observe a student describing those roles on an assessment. 
we highly recommend using Bloom's taxonomy to select measurable verbs. Bloom's identifies six cognitive levels, which we will get to in just a minute when we talk about learning outcomes being appropriate. So whether or not the LO is measurable was the first question to ask yourself about learning outcomes. Kirsten will now talk about the other question to ask yourself. Is the learning outcome appropriate for your particular course? So not only should learning outcomes be measurable, but they should also be appropriate. Bloom's taxonomy differentiates six levels of learning in the cognitive domain and proposes a list of skills that would indicate comprehension at each level. The lowest level, which are commonly tested in exams that have multiple choice and true-false questions, are based on knowledge of factual information. On level one, we might ask learners to define or identify. Comprehension at higher levels is indicated by more complex skills, such as evaluate, synthesize, or create. It would not be appropriate for an introduction to government course to analyze the role of a legislative aid, lobbyist, or campaign worker in government. However, it would be appropriate for an intro to government course to describe the role of a legislative aid, lobbyist, or campaign worker. Describe is at a lower level on the Bloom's taxonomy than is analyze. Okay, so we've just covered learning outcomes, which is the first step of course mapping. Confirming that the learning outcomes in a course are measurable and appropriate is where we begin. From here, we recommend using backward design framework to continue mapping your course. Basically, it's identifying your measurable and appropriate learning outcomes and then identifying what evidence in the form of assessments that would demonstrate that these course outcomes have been achieved. Let's look back at our course learning outcomes. Students will describe the role of a legislative aide, lobbyist, and campaign worker in government. Since the verb used in the LO is describe, what assessment can I use to determine if a student can describe the role of a government lobbyist? Perhaps it could be a short answer quiz question, an entire paper on the role of a lobbyist, and so on. Since the verb is describe, an assessment formatted as a true-false would not be as effective because it does not provide an opportunity for the student to describe. It's also important to note that in this example, we are looking at the role of the lobbyist. There would also need to be assessments for the role of the legislative aide and the campaign worker. In other words, Every course learning outcome, including every part of that course learning outcome, if there are multiple parts, and in this example, the roles of legislative aid, lobbyist, and campaign worker are all named, should be assessed. And of course, they should also be mapped back to the course learning outcome. So once the assessments are determined, the next step is supportive materials and activities that are in alignment across the course. For the learning outcomes that we are using, students will describe the role of a legislative aide, lobbyist, and campaign worker in government. The materials and activities may be reading textbook chapters or research articles, watching a TED Talk on the role of campaign workers, or exploring a website on the role of lobbyists. In other words, the material and activities are bridged between the course learning outcomes and the assessments. 
It's how the learner moves from reading the course learning outcomes to being assessed on their mastery. It's impossible to show you in a podcast what an actual course map looks like. It's a document that is usually formatted as a chart or a graph. At Trine Online, we provide course developers with a template to follow. Anyone can search course map online and you will find a lot of examples of different course maps that are out there. The course mapping document is a blueprint for the course. It focuses on the learning outcomes and shows learners what materials, activities, and assessments are directly linked to the course learning outcomes. Some weeks or modules only focus on one course learning outcome, and some weeks or modules may focus on multiple course learning outcomes. But the key is that no matter what, the purpose of each individual material, activity, and assessment are also clear to the learner. Course mapping can be as unique to the individual and the course for which it is created. Course mapping can be presented as a very sparse and non-specific document, or it can be very in-depth and detailed. But the more effort a course developer puts into his or her course map, the more helpful the course map is to the course developer and the more informational it is to the learner. Okay, so in wrapping up, course mapping and alignment is important to assess student mastery. While textbooks are an important component of a course, they are not the course. A textbook could be titled Introduction to Government, but leave out all of the key elements that you need to address in your course learning outcomes. Working through course mapping and alignment will help you as a developer or as an instructor make those links between activities and assessments to the learning outcomes. Overall, this will lead to increased student success. So we hope you've enjoyed this episode on course mapping and send us episode ideas to theonlineers at trine.edu. And don't forget to go like our Facebook page. We will be back next week with another episode. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for listening to this presentation of the Trine Broadcasting Network, part of the Center for Sports Studies at Trine University. Learn more at trine.edu.